It's another edition of Making Money, the show that tries to provide some financial literacy with the help of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, retired portfolio manager, managed people's finances for the better part of four decades, friends. And I, Gordon Whitehead, retired broadcaster. Ron and I have known each other for years. Now, this is an area that I have to admit, this is a blank canvas for me, Ron. We're going to talk about private equity, and it's something I consider myself the average investor. This is not something that I would probably be exposed to, correct? Yeah, private equity is uh, really, they're funds that aren't listed on a public exchange. They're also known as alternative assets. And we got the idea for the show, as we were talking about last week, is we get probably half our ideas from uh, shows, for shows, from, from listeners. And typically this is a listener that said, I don't know much about private equity. Can you spend some time explaining it? So here we are. Okay, so let's define. So these, these are not things that the public usually has access to then, right? No, they're called alternative assets, and because of their risk and sophistication, these investments have historically only been available to high net worth clients and large institutions. And uh, between these two categories, these are called accredited investors, and they're typically investors who have investable assets of over a million dollars. And uh, uh, these often these, these assets are, they're, private companies that deal with people with money. And uh, these assets typically have big fees, you know. They call it a 2 and 20. In other words, they two, charge a 2% management fee, and they take 20% of the profits, usually above a certain high watermark each year. So uh, these aren't cheap to own, but in, in some cases, uh, investors have been looking at these because they allow you to get into areas that uh, are really hard for the average investor to 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 own. Okay, so where where do we start here? Do we tell what types they are, or yeah, what that's, kind that's of a, investments that's a, they are? That's a good place, and I know uh, you and I both like a glass of wine and uh, also a good scotch. Yes, and it's you know, I mean, you can have your own uh, wine cellar, or you can have your own collect scotch, but. Uh, frankly, most of us just don't have the money to do that kind of thing and spread it around among enough investments to get some diversification. Well, uh, there's rare asset, alternative assets, that, that are in things like art, wine, gemstones, scotch, collector cars, precious metals, all kinds of things that uh, if you want a piece of this and you have uh, enough size, uh, you can get into some of these niche markets. And, you know, things like art over 30 years have outperformed the S&P 500. So you have to have some real oh, expertise in this. And most of us just don't. Like, I like to drink wine, but I would know nothing about investing in it. And uh, so if you want to do that, you want to put your money in with a pool with people that are experts on this stuff and follow it every day because most of these markets for um, these kind of assets are, are uh, they're not public, so you don't know who's buying what, who's selling what, because it's very opaque. So you really need an expert to do this, and this is where these private uh, equity funds come in. All right. Now, so what's the attraction to these? Like, do we, you know, we we want a whole bunch of these, or do, do we dip our toes in the water, or what's the secret here? 
Well, they give you access to areas that you wouldn't otherwise have, you know, mortgages, development, leasing, ownership of farmland, ranches, rental property. You know, there's tax shelters, oil and gas drilling, mining exploration. There's venture capital where you can put seed capital up. There's buyout firms that buy and flip companies. You know, there's currency. There's like crypto funds and fixed income trading strategies that involve auctions, derivatives, and crypto. You know, so there's a lot of areas that, that frankly, the average investor has no, uh, just no access to or no expertise in. And the attraction is that it gives investors access to asset classes that they're not normally exposed to. And it also gives investors exposure to assets whose price movements aren't correlated in the same way to the stock market. So the best way of explaining this is some of these investments will zig while the stock market zags and then vice versa. Okay, let's let's just take a little bit of a pause here and, and put an asterisk beside one of those terms you just mentioned, crypto. You, you and I have talked about this a lot in the last couple of years. You want to talk about a bumpy ride. Man, you better be buckled in if you're in crypto right now. <laughs> yeah, crypto is one of those funny assets that uh, you and I have uh, you and I have talked about that uh, you can just literally set up an algorithm and start pumping crypto out. So, you know, there each of these companies says, oh, yes, but I only am going to produce so much crypto. But there's hundreds of companies pumping crypto out. So there's no end to the amount of, of new product that's coming into the market. And I listened to a lecture on crypto a couple weeks ago, Gord. And the guy said that probably out of the hundreds and hundreds of different types of crypto, and this will end up going into thousands and thousands of different cryptos, we're lucky if we see 5% of them survive. And so for the average person, crypto is a very, very tough place to be. And, I mean, to be honest with you, I wouldn't invest in crypto anyways because, number one, there's no economic underpinning to it. We've talked you know? about like, there's nothing backing it. That's yeah, yeah. yeah you use I, the analogy like if you're if you're going to buy U.S. dollars, let's say, you've got a tax system backing that up, right? Yeah, there's money coming in because you and I have to dole out taxes for that. Or you know, when you and I would sit down and uh, talk about investing, we would always focus on companies that actually made something and sold something for a profit, whether it was a process, it was a patent, it was a service, it was something. You know, they made something and they could sell it for a profit. It was tangible, yeah. Yeah, there's, there was a tangible outcome in money in the bank at the end of the day. Well, you don't get any of that with these cryptos. So unless you have some insights as to, to why crypto is going to take over the world like a lot of the zealots think, you need to step back and, and uh, one of the simplest ways to invest that you and I have talked about from the beginning of this show and, and way back 30 years ago when we were, we were talking about things to invest in, we always looked at things that produced a profit. That's the simplest way to invest is follow the money. If it can produce a profit on a consistent basis and that profit can grow and the dividends it pays can, can continue to increase, over time you've got a high probability this investment's going to work out for you. The stuff where you never can tell what the economic um, 
underpinnings of this are. What does it produce? What does it earn? If you can't figure those things out, for my investment philosophy, it's just simpler to stay away than, than move into an investment that's driven by hype. Okay, let's get back on the track here now. We're talking about private equity. This is How, how big is this market, Ron? Well, this market is, is huge. The global market is $10 trillion, and 20% of U.S. pension fund assets are now sitting in private asset pools. But the, you've got to be careful if you're going to be in private equity because there are now over 18,000 private equity funds in the U.S., and I've had exposure to private equity, Gord. I sat on the board of a company that we took public. Uh, it was Deer Creek years ago. We it eventually uh, sold it to a major player. Um, Ten years ago, I had a mortgage pool that I ran, and I, I shut it down about 10 years ago or about two years ago I was because we had excellent profits, and some of the investors just felt it was time, so we wound that up. And uh, I've been working on uh, a number of uh, private uh, equity deals where they're launching some real estate, uh, high niche real estate funds that I'm going to help them launch. So I've got plenty of experience with this, but you've got to be really careful. There's so many funds out there. And that when you've got 18,000 people saying that they're experts doing this stuff, and mm, I, I would say maybe 20% of them are actually experts. The rest have piled into the space because it's a great, it's a new niche, and it, a lot of people smell the high um, fees that can be charged there. So there's a lot of people piling into this space that I'm not exactly sure that they even know what they're doing. So if you plan to get into this space, and it can be very, very lucrative because it gives investors exposure to assets that are inexpensive and underinvested in. So, you know, there's some great opportunities here, but you really got to be careful um, and read the prospectus really thoroughly, get some investment advice before you go there, because a lot of them don't turn out that well, because they're not that well run. Is this, is this sort of a move, Ron, or a, a plan that some people are employing to, to try to replace how badly they're getting scalped and fixed investment securities and you know i mean there's been so little return there right is this like another opportunity people think is on the horizon or well to to when you you look at a trend it's often uh worthwhile to look at what the major fund managers doing like u.s pension fund assets and things like that and these guys you know they have rooms full of experts scouring the market for fixed income opportunities and until about three months ago there was nothing to be had and so you had these big investment institutions scrambling to replace fixed income investments, which were paying nothing until recently, uh, looking for places that they could earn uh, a rate of return. Because, frankly, most of the pensions, they have a mandate to try and produce returns of 7.5% or better. And when you're getting half a percent on bonds, it's just not enough to cut it. So uh, these guys have been looking elsewhere, and, of course, these this private equity has been an area that has been underinvested in, and there's still some bargains out there where you look at the public stock market, uh, you look at public real estate, you look under so many rocks, and you're not finding a lot of opportunity. Okay, so can you, as an investor, can you get into this with like a minimal investment, or how does that all process out? Well, that's, the, that's another of the big trends. Many of the funds offering exposure to alternative assets are now structuring themselves 
So they're able to accommodate retail investors with smaller amounts as little as $5,000. So typically, this was the domain of people that had huge portfolios that uh, had assets well north of a million dollars into the, the hundreds of millions and billions. Well, now um, that market has been pretty much saturated. So now many of these private asset managers or private equity managers, and as we said, there was 18,000 of them, they're now beginning to structure funds so you don't have to be an accredited investor. Uh, you, these investments will accommodate retail investors with small amounts of little as $5,000. So over the next couple of years, you're going to see lots of opportunities to get into some of these spaces. Okay, so let's talk about there are always risks. <laughs> we always like to point that out. There are downsides to this too. What would those be? Well, first of all is illiquidity. These assets don't trade on public markets, so they can be hard to sell or buy depending on market conditions. So if you need money, many of these private assets have liquidity events. Uh, like I was looking at a private uh, equity for, for um, property development, and it isn't going to have any a liquidity event for the next three years. So you so can't get your money up. No, you can't get your money out. So if uh, you find that uh, your your spouse has uh, left a note on the door saying that they've left you for someone else <laughs> and they're, you're, you're going to be hearing from their lawyer to split up the estate, well, this is going to be one of those assets that uh, the lawyer can jump up and down all they want. Uh, the money just is not going to be made available. If your kid needs an education or your 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 bookie has phoned you up and said, uh, <laughs> I've got a guy laugh. with a violin case showing up at the front door. Yeah, a guy with a violin case. And uh, don't laugh. I had, uh, I've had clients that uh, lost big in Vegas, and they called me from a, a, a room that was padded, and the lock was on the other side, asking me how quickly I could liquidate their portfolio. To, and... Uh, then I got a gruff voice on the line giving me the account number of, of where the, where where the, the money had to go. Yeah. Where the money had to go. So uh, it, this is kind of laughable, but it, that's exactly what happened. So, uh, you know, if you need liquidity, you want to be very careful with this stuff because if markets freeze up, even if they say you can get out every three months, you know, if the market for scotch or wine or art disappears, uh, that you can end up be holding these assets for, for, for months, maybe even years before you can get out of them. And uh, the second point, it's hard to assess many of the investments because there isn't much information available on them. And even if you read the prospectus, the prospectuses are pretty cloudy because nobody wants to advertise to the world how they're doing things and how they make their returns. So, this is kind of a, a gray area for, I mean, some prospectuses are really clear, but a lot of this stuff, they don't exactly tell you what the secret sauce is or how they do things. They just shine so, the good light on it. Yeah, they just shine the good light on, on their returns. And, and, you know, if art's gone up 100% this year and, and every piece of art's gone up 100% and they just happen to be there, you know, like the Forrest Gump, yeah, You know, there's just too many people out there that are the Forrest Gumps in the investment world. And it's not that they did anything that was planned. It's just they lurched uncontrollably into it just at the right time. So make sure that you understand that if you're investing in this place, you don't want to just be investing with people that lurched onto the scene at the right time. You want to make sure that they actually have some real depth and know what they're doing. 
So high risk, high reward, that is, you know, those are often pretty risky ventures, right? Uh, it can be very risky investors because you don't have any liquidity. And they're often larded with high fees and performance bonuses for management. So there's plenty of opportunity out there, but you know, you've got to go in with your heads up. Don't put all your money in it and uh, make sure you really, really do your research before you, you pick a private equity fund to go into because there's some great ones, but there's also some real duds out there. So there you go, private equity investing, which actually I think kind of ties into our next topic, Ron, and that's prediction-based investing. <laughs> if you're making a prediction on a private equity fund, maybe we could back it up with a little more knowledge there. Is that fair to say? Yeah, and we're, we're uh, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be covering some of the basics um, in investing because, you know, typically when markets have been good like they've been, you can throw a dart at a dartboard, and where it lands is, if, if you put a, a stock sheet up and threw darts at it, it would probably go up. That's the way it's been the last couple of years. Anything you invest it's gone up, and it makes you look like a genius. What really separates good investors from bad investors is how their portfolio does when things turn to crap. And if we have a recession this year, the stock market it, it could go uh, considerably lower than where it is. So the kind of portfolio you have and how good you are as an investor isn't determined when markets go up. It's determined when markets go down. And because it's been easy, people get lazy and they get careless. And so the next couple of weeks, we're going to try and focus on some of the investment fundamentals you really, really need to be focusing on because it's in bad markets, you find out how good an investor you really are. All right, so we're back to touch on that next week. And again, a reminder, as this show on private equity was suggested by a listener, if you have a question about a topic that we haven't touched on, I don't know what that would be, but there's there's lots of them out there, uh, give us a note. Drop it to letsmakemoney.ca is our website or at cfcw.com. It'll also get to our email there. And as Ron said, he will uh, send you a quick response, and then we'll put together the show a few weeks down the road and try to tackle it for you. On behalf of the financial coach, Ron Hebert, I'm Gord Whitehead. Hope you can join us again next time around. The information presented is derived from sources believed to be reliable. This material is presented for information purposes only and does not constitute investment advice. Before acting on any investment information, a person should seek advice from an investment professional. The presenters may or may not hold positions in the securities discussed on this show and will not be responsible for any losses sustained from acting on this information.